You know, it, it, it's hard to figure out how to teach someone to be grateful, how to teach someone to have self-control. And in lots of ways, I think it may look very different than, than teaching in the way that we generally think about teaching. I mean, one way I think, Kip, that it plays out is actually in the discipline process. It's so, so when kids get in trouble, um, they now use the character language to try to get kids to think about why they made the mistakes they made, how they could do things differently. Uh, and it's almost, I mean, it, it reminded me of a lot of the uh, metacognitive techniques of cognitive behavioral therapy. It's really getting kids to slow down and think about what they're doing, think about why they're making the mistakes they're making, and change themselves. So that, that is really different than, than traditional teaching in the classroom. Um, but my sense, actually, at KIPP and other places, is that that is going to be the tool that's most effective to help get these Dominic, skills. Dominic, take us inside the classroom. How do you see it unfold? Right. So I, I, I think there's, I mean, I'm seeing it, I, th I think it's, you want to sort of make it viral. You sort of want to make it part of the culture so that it becomes part of the, I mean, we've, we've tried to put it into the, um, some of the language into our faculty evaluation systems because I think if the faculty are actually not modeling these character strengths, then you can't expect the kids to do that. Um, in a classroom, I saw uh, just recently an eighth grade teacher that was asking, she had asked the kids um, halfway through the year to think about what of, which one of these strengths had played out in their writing workshopping. So they were doing sort of revisions of writing, and these kids were writing these sort of meta-narratives about that piece of work that they were finishing up and saying, okay, I you know, felt that um, because I was really curious about this subject, that therefore the writing turned out better. And then they actually had to revisit, they sort of had to revisit this process at the end of the year, picking out a strength or two that was good for them, that was really supportive of their work, and a strength or two that they had problems with. And I think, again, it's sort of suffused in the school, I think, is the way that it shouldn't, you know, a lot of educational ideas, it's like you've got to develop a new course, a new program, uh, buy some new technology. I mean, I think some, something like this, it's like just how do we change our language? How do we change our focus a bit? There's a lot of things going on in schools. How can you focus on, on these non-cognitive strengths um, in, in a way that's uh, sort of cultural and pervasive and sort of viral and teachers run with this stuff I mean it's sort of amazing I mean teachers have been using this on the playground during recess and talking to kids and about how they need to be um, more self-controlled and using that language even with very very uh, young very very young kids and I think the earlier you do this the research shows the better it is um, so Russ um, two things one is uh, we absolutely integrate this into academic studies so that when you're in ninth grade English you start off by learning about Carol Dweck's work on mindset and um, the idea being that is intelligence fixed or is intelligence something that if you practice you get better and um, there is a lot of research that growth mindset makes a tremendous um, difference in terms of learning outcomes and uh, actually simply knowing that language and simply understanding the research makes a difference in learning mm -hmm. outcomes. So as ninth graders, they, they learn about these concepts and then they both look at it through the characters they're reading about. So they're reading the Odyssey and did Odysseus have a growth mindset or a fixed mindset? Um, and then they're thinking about their own actual um, work throughout the year.